0: Next on BYUSN, the Cougars take down number 21 Creighton in Vegas.
1: Does this mean BYU could take down the Utes on Saturday? And Texas and Oklahoma may be looking to leave the Big 12 early. Are they scared? And eh, probably not. Scared
0: of the bio, maybe. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official app that of BYU fans everywhere. Great to have you. It's Monday, December 12th. In December, I always know the dates because we have three Advent calendars going, so the kids are always grabbing stuff. You I Meaning you're Jordan. grabbing the chocolate is what that means. No, it's not all chocolate. It's mainly little toys. But uh, I'm Jeremy Jordan. He is Jason Shepard. Repping track and field today.
1: Yeah. Look, I rep all of the, the sports here the, in the athletic department. I haven't seen a tennis shirt quite yet. I do not own a tennis shirt. I, if, I would love to a rep it. To no, I'm not. Shirt. I'm just saying if I had it, I would certainly rep it. And I would rep it with a smile on my face. Uh, you always do. Yes. All right. On today's show, by the way... <laughs> um, Speaking of repping, former Cougar mm-hmm. Trevor Maddich reps the Cougars all the time. Uh, he will join the program. What does he think of new defensive coordinator Jay Hill? We will ask him. Richie Saunders will be in studio hey. as we relive the upset victory over number 21, Creighton. Oh, what a massive win for the BYU Cougars. We will talk about that coming up a little bit later on as well. And one of BYU's best players enters the transfer portal. We'll get into that. Here are today's headlines.
0: BYU men's basketball takes down number 21, Creighton, in Las Vegas, 83-80, thanks to another game winner from true freshman, Dallin Hall. Uh, Dallin runs it around the arc right, runs it to the right block, at the rim, missing, tip is frozen. The follow tip. Indeed it was, as BYU takes down the Blue Jays. Rudy Williams led the Cougars with 26 off the bench, seventh most in a game for a bench player in BYU history. Cougars host Western Oregon and Utah
1: Thursday and Saturday. Women's basketball falls to number 15, Utah on Saturday, 76-59. to Nani Falatea and Lauren Gustin each scored 18 points. Gustin extended her double-double streak to 10 games. She also added 15 rebounds. The Cougars began WCC play on Saturday with a road matchup against Gonzaga.
0: Got a bunch of football news. Here we go, Kingsley Suamatia, named second-team freshman All-American by The Athletic. Keenan Peele enters the transfer portal. More on that later. Preston Hadley reportedly following Ed Lamb to Northern Colorado as defensive coordinator, according to ESPN's Adam Rittenberg. Tate Romney joins Jacob Conover at Arizona State. And multiple reports have former Cougar player and coach Garrett 2J going to NC State as the offensive line coach, with Robert and I as offensive coordinator.
1: This coming out this morning, Brett McMurphy reporting that there is momentum around Texas and OU leaving the Big 12 a year early. The Longhorns and Sooners set to leave currently after the 2024 season and begin play in the W, excuse me, not the WCC, the SEC. That would be be, big news. That would be quite the news. That would be big news to begin play in the SEC in 2025. According to the report, both schools could leave the Big 12 after 2023 and be ready to go in the SEC. 2024. Okay, we'll see. We'll talk about that in a second. Cougars in the
0: NFL. Jamal Williams had 16 carries for 37 yards and a Lions win against the overrated Vikings, whose Kyrus Tong had two tackles. How about them Lions? <laughs> Pretty good. They're uh, knocking on the playoff door. Fred Warner, eight tackles and a blowout win for the Niners against the Bucks. He likes to be called Pete, by the way.
1: Kyle Van Oy had two tackles and a sack Old-timer. and fellow Charger Michael Davis had two tackles and two passes defended in a win over the Dolphins last night on Sunday Night Football.
0: Indoor track and field held the BYU December invite over the weekend. Sebastian Fernandez wins the 800, fifth best time at BYU 148 Caleb Whitskin wins the pole vault and Adobe Tabubo
1: wins the 60 meter hurdles and finishes second in the 60 meter dash. And some very sad news, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach currently in critical condition at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson. Leach was hospitalized last night with what the university called a personal health issue. They issued that in a statement. The Clarion-Ledger reporting this morning that Leach had a massive heart attack on Sunday in Starkville, obviously keeping the former BYU graduate in our thoughts and prayers right now as he deals with a very serious health issue. 100%. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending is presented by BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. What a win for the BYU Cougars against number 21 Crate and the Dallin Hall game winner with 12 seconds to go. That's twice now. Dallin has done that just months off of his mission. So, Sheb, how would you describe how badly BYU needed that win? Yeah,
1: they needed it really bad. And look, they needed a win against whoever it was. The fact that it came against a ranked team, and I do not care that Kalkbrenner did not play for the Blue Team. I do, for fantasy. It, well, okay. But in terms of the game, that I, I, I'm not even worried about that. BYU needed a win against anybody, and the fact that they got it against a ranked opponent that, granted, had come in losing three in a row, yeah. the teams they had lost to were the number two team, the number 14 team, and, and Nebraska. So th- this is a team that was playing well, and it, at times in this year had been ranked as high as number seven. Mm-hmm. So... I think what I took away the most was just how resilient BYU was because the Blue Jays come out and they're hot from three and BYU could have wilted under that because here we go again, a situation like that, but they didn't. They kept fighting back, and I love the way that they did it. Whether it was Rudy Williams, whether it was Richie Saunders, whoever it was, they were driving to the basket. They were getting opportunities at the rim, and I loved it. If If the outside shot isn't falling, take it to the rim, and I thought Rudy was absolutely brilliant doing that. Now, obviously, things got much closer at the end than what we all uh, would have liked. I'm going to assume they're going to work on the press a lot this week. I know they already do, but yeah. Some, some really costly turnovers could have cost BYU the game, but the fact that they were able to fight from that as well, come back, you mentioned Dallin Hall, you know, following up his own missed shot, getting the board, that, that was a much-needed win and hopefully something that can be a turnaround game for this program moving forward. Yeah,
0: we'll talk about the, kind of the next step in a sec, but just straight up, your point is exactly right about it didn't matter who BYU played. They just needed a win. Yeah. And to have it be Creighton, a team that really took it to BYU. BYU lost by 12 last year. It felt like 28. Um, that was a big win. And no Kalkbrenner. Yeah, there was no Spencer Johnson for BYU either, yep. who at one point was BYU's leading scorer. Kalkbrenner, 7-1, uh, uh, like an 18-7 and guy shooting like 76%. That was a big deal that he didn't play. Didn't hurt me in fantasy, luckily. <laughs> but the point is that BYU won. The point yes. is that BYU won. And they got one of those wins like a San Diego State, now a Creighton, a Utah on Saturday. It makes it way more interesting because we saw the high from this team. We, what was the high before this? Yep. Beating uh, Missouri State at home? Nichols? 19-3s like Ni- against Westminster? The comeback versus Dayton? Why are you going down by so much? It was certainly the Dayton game. But, um, yeah. No, we don't <laughs> reference it. By the way, BYU, I think, has made 18-3s since the Westminster game. Um, it's been three games. So they used all of them up in that one game, unfortunately. Big-time win, really resilient, like you said. Obviously, BYU up 11 with 3.26 to go. I, I like, put my feet up. I was like, hey, we're cruising to this win. No, 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 no. Uh, Suddenly, BYU turns it over six times in 2.14. Like, that was terrible. Terrible! We'll talk to Richie Saunders about, like, okay, how did you guys, one, navigate that? Because you could have totally collapsed. They uh, suddenly are down with 26 seconds to go. And Dallin Hall rise up. Like, when in BYU history has BYU, when it had upperclassmen, chose to use a freshman in this way? Yeah. I'm not talking about Mark Bigelow as a freshman and BYU's uh, trying to rebuild the program type stuff. This is a situation where you have a fifth-year senior in Rudy Williams and you've got other, other guys who have been at – Jackson Robinson's been at SEC, pro, two SEC program that you're choosing yeah. to use a true freshman. It says a lot about Dallin and him making that shot and following it up, which was ironic because he, yeah. had, he had struggled yes. to shoot the ball in this game. Reminded me a little bit of Craig Cusick versus Utah State, where Craig was terrible in that game. Good call,
1: game. good call.
0: Going through a lot off the court, obviously, with his dad, finding out that day he had cancer. But Dallin in this game like struggles in the same way that Craig did in that game. Game-winning shot. Yep. Didn't matter. All is forgiven.
1: Yep. BYU needed a win. They got it. Now we get to see what a win like that can do for this program. As you mentioned, two games. You have Western Oregon Thursday and then your rival coming in on Saturday. Utah's top 20 net. Yes. Like, this is it's a quad be
0: one home game for BYU that yep. is uh, certainly going to be very interesting. And now I'm way more excited for that game than I was pre creighton because obviously before Creighton it was like, what is this team right, right now? Oh, my gosh. They're not playing great ball. Nice win. Hopefully they – Cruise through D2 Western Oregon, and then, hey, big game with Utah, which is like the second half yep. is during the bowl game. That's we got right. a little yep. head-to-head.
1: There will be, be a lot of overlapping of football and basketball coming up on Saturday. But everyone will be listening to you. Yes. Call the game on the Yes, radio. Greg will be calling the, game on, the football game on radio. I will be calling the basketball game on radio. So it should be a fun day. Hopefully two wins. That's the hope, obviously.
0: I'll take, I'll take one
1: of them <laughs> right now.
0: I would ta- If you ta-
1: put me to that, I'll take one. All right. Let's I let's switch to. gears a little bit, and we reference this in headlines. Brett McMurphy, who obviously we've had on this show many, many times, friend of the program, uh, he mentioned that there is momentum building with Texas and Oklahoma possibly leaving for the SEC a year early. Obviously, there is a buyout involved. So Oklahoma can afford it now? <laughs> well, Because we knew Texas could. Yes. Course. Well, they, look, there's always <laughs> there was always going to be negotiation on that buyout, yeah. but it, it kind of felt like everybody had pushed that to the side because you hadn't heard a lot about it. Brett McMurphy Murphy saying that maybe instead of leaving after the 24 season, they're going to be in one year with the the four new schools and then bail yeah. to the SEC. Um, do you care if Texas and Oklahoma are in the Big 12 and BYU gets there? Well, they will be for at least a year, right, it right. sounds like. Do, you um, care if they do they I want early? them for two? I do. I want them in.
0: I, I just think it'll be fun. Um, we'll have the league without them for plenty of time. Um, I would like them in for two because I reminded everyone, BYU is 4-1 and one versus Texas and 2-0 and versus Oklahoma in football. I would like to keep that going. Uh, that's pretty good. And obviously, like In women's volleyball, Texas has, was number one for most of the year. If they come to Provo, that's an exciting game. More of those type of matchups. Obviously, every game you play in any sport with those two, big brands, big names, really good at almost everything. Yeah, I care. I want them in the league for two. Um, And it would also increase the possibility of home games with them in football. And so I say, yeah, too. Because if it was just one and BYU suddenly plays two road or not at all, it's like, ah, missed a chance to get some quality games there.
1: Yeah, if if the original plan was for the four new schools, and this is kind of what I – theorized on the show last week that the four new schools probably aren't going to get both of them in the same year. You're probably going to get one one year and one the other and let the exist. We don't know. I, I was just I was just throwing that out there. If you don't get one of them, that would certainly stink. Do I care? Ultimately, no. I'm, I'm in the mode with this that with BYU in, that's what I care about. But well, we've known that for But, but a year I, but, now. Now but we can like, move on to okay, yes, better Yes, but like right? I still want BYU's first game. Like, that's, that's when this is all going to be real. All the other yeah. stuff I don't care too much about. Once we're in it mm-hmm. and we have things to be able to talk about in the conference, then I can start worrying about some – oh, well, we didn't get to face Oklahoma. You know, right now – I just want BYU in. I'm happy that they're in, and I look forward to the schedule coming out next year. You're like afraid they won't be in. No, like no, no. You know I just they're in already? we know they're in. I just want to see it once we get to July. Being 1. What the schedule? No, that it's done. Like that it's official. We start seeing logos you need on to stuff. See, like legal paperwork. I, like, I movies? no. I just <laughs> want it to be officially official, and I want to see logos on fields. We saw UCF. You're
0: Mom and dad are gonna break no. up.
1: But we saw UCF over the weekend, social media, putting out the the Big 12 logo on their field. You have swag
0: with logos. So I let's... know.
1: Don't take this away from He's me. Like, I just More, want that moment. More. So the other stuff, I don't care about. If we don't play them, fine. As long as BYU's in, I don't care. Yeah, I'm past that. <laughs> I'm just ready for and, – and perhaps this has thrown a
0: wrench into the scheduling situation. Maybe that's why it, it's it, taken so long. Because – and you brought this up in our pre-show meeting – is what if – they say, well, we had the first, we had two years worth of, okay, this is how we're going to deal with Texas and Oklahoma, and da, 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 da. Now they're only in for one. Does that change things? Right. I, I would think perhaps it changes the scheduling. Capacity. I would think it has know. to change.
1: In the report from McMurphy, he says that both conferences seem to be okay with this. That the Big 12 is fine with them leaving. Obviously, they're going to get some money out of it. And the SEC is fine with them coming in a year early, where there's going to have to be some negotiation is with ESPN because does ESPN want a diluted product when they've already paid for a certain number of teams to be in through 2024? And do they want then to have to pay extra in the SEC if they go early. So, really, they say – They're getting them either way. Yes, they're getting them either way. So, But it sounds like that's where the negotiation part is. It sounds like everybody involved wants it to happen. I can't wait to look through all the legal paperwork for that. Oh, wait, I'm not. I'll I'll get it. When I get it and everything's official, I'll I'll send you an email about it. Send your paralegal to go (laughs) grab it.
0: This just in, uh, left tackle Blake Freeland named third team All-American, according to the Associated Press. So we would assume that Blake is BYU's only All-American with that. And uh, congratulations to Blake. That's, uh, that's big time. We'll see if he comes back to BYU or he goes to the draft. We'll see. I would imagine he goes to the draft. But it would be nice if he came back. Okay, let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. Our question of the day is this. Is the win over Creighton a turning point for BYU basketball? Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Nathan Point on the Twitter. The Creighton result shows that BYU can play with good teams. We saw that against San Diego State as well. The South Dakota result shows that they can also play down to bad teams. Turning point? I hope so. I would imagine that a team is what they are what uh, they do against not the high, not the low, but the middle. Right. So throw out Creighton and San Diego State, throw out South Dakota and Utah Valley, that is who BYU is. It's still a team that has a lot of work to do to even make the NIT, frankly. Yes. But that was nice to feel that because, good gosh, after South Dakota and Utah Valley, it was like, oh, man, this may be the worst BYU basketball team in a while. Nope, they showed us that they are better than that, which is good. Let's keep it
1: going, baby. All right, Greg Rubell and the coach Mark Pope look back at a wild win over 21st-ranked Creighton on BYU basketball with Mark Pope this week. Also, a look ahead to Western Oregon and the rivalry game against Utah. You can watch that tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app.
0: And up next, ESPN's Trevor Matic is back on the show talking about Jay Hill, the transfer portal, a potential New Mexico Bowl without Jaron Hall, perhaps. This is BYU Sports News.
1: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event.
0: Greatest, greatest music video for a 7 to 5 team in the history of college football music videos. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard. We took one week off with, with Trevor Madich, and we've got a ton to talk about. So let's jump right in with ESPN's Trevor Madich. First off, welcome back to the show. Good to see you. Let's talk about Jay Hill. Hired as associate head coach, defensive coordinator. What do you think of the move for BYU?
2: This is a home run hire. He brings so much on the field and off the field. And when it comes to on the field, he's got an attacking style of defense. And I think most BYU fans would say it's about time. I mean, I, for one, got a little tired of watching BYU sit back, read and react and just catch what offenses were doing and try to keep everything in front of them. Coach Hill's style is to dictate to the offense, to pressure them into having to respond, to pressure them into making mistakes. Now, there's a flip side to that because the danger is that you leave guys in man coverage on the back end and the offense can make big plays as well. But I would rather use that attacking style, especially when you have the kind of linebackers that BYU already has, which is fast guys that love to attack. And then off the field, the recruiting is off the charts. He's a phenomenal recruiter. He's a phenomenal developer of young men. And just his, his energy, I think, will infuse something into the program that will take it to the next level.
1: Trevor, he's probably got a, a very lengthy to-do list um, as he jumps into this new job here on campus. What do you think should be priority number one from him?
2: Well, Shep, it is in recruiting, it's in personnel, and that is both in recruiting current players to stay and not enter the portal, players that he wants to keep, and in recruiting outside players. And I think he's the kind of guy that that can help put a fence around the state of Utah, and that's important. We have talked a lot about moving to the Big 12 how important it is to bring people into the program at some level that have an an intimate understanding of the Texas high school football scene. And then that is important. But the first priority is Utah, is the local players. There are a lot of phenomenal players in the state of Utah that end up leaving the state or going up north. And I think that because of his time at Weber State, because of his, his relationships with high school coaches around the state. Coach Hill will be able to keep some of those players home at BYU, and that's an important thing. Ultimately, it's about talent, but it's also about belief. And players stay without leaving the portal, and recruits come because they believe that they can thrive. I think because of his track record and because of his charisma, Coach Hill can infuse that kind of belief. And it all comes down to the guys in the room and them believing that they can win, and they can win through aggression. And I love that
0: and there will be, always be players leave regardless of how good the season goes or who the coaches are and how good they are it just is what it is and at this point seven players have left uh, for BYU a few notable ones in Keenan Peely as we mentioned in the headlines what do you think of what's going on with the portal in BYU right now?
2: You know every team has this happen to them and for BYU I think it's important to look at why some of the players may have left I mean Tate Romney Uh, linebacker went to Arizona State that's closer to home for him and if that's the main reason I can't blame him for that Keenan Peely does surprise me because he's exactly the kind of linebacker that thrives in the new system that the Cougars will be running that the attacking the downhill the multiple looks for the quarterback the dictating and that kind of of scheme is something that he would excel in. So the fact that he's leaving, I mean, I don't know why he's leaving. There may be some personal issue. It may be something to do with NIL. And these are all things that I think are important to understand on an individual basis before we say, yeah, this is good. Or, oh, this is bad for BYU. I don't know the answers to that. What I do know is that the what they're creating now is something that players will want to be in.
1: Well, and like you just said, look. Right now, the focus is on the guys that are entering the transfer portal to leave BYU. Obviously, BYU is going to be using the transfer portal to bring guys in as well. What positions do you think should be top priority for the Cougar coaches as they go into the portal to look for players?
2: Well, assuming that Jaron Hall goes to the NFL, they'll need to look for an elite quarterback. But if you are a quarterback in the portal looking for a place to go, what features do you want to have? Well, you want to have a place that'll get that has a track record record of getting guys drafted into the NFL. BYU has that recently, and you want a place where the offensive line can protect you. BYU, on paper, certainly has a, a an experienced, talented offensive line coming back, even if they lose a couple of guys to the NFL. They've got a young, dynamic group of wide receivers and some outstanding prospects at running back and if you're a quarterback in the portal you're thinking man i could parachute into this thing and have success right away so that's one thing another thing is maybe more backup quarterbacks to add to the competition to the room if jaron hall does decide that he wants to stay and then there's disruptors on defense because with this new style that they're playing they need guys that can get upfield into the backfield and and mess with the quarterback even if they don't sack it Make him uncomfortable. Stop running backs in the backfield before they get started. That's important as well. And if I'm one of those guys in the portal, I'm looking at BYU as now a, a place that I can go and have my skills as a disruptor be maximized. Same way for cover guys on the back end, because this scheme will require multiple guys who can lock down one-on-one. And BYU, I think, is going to go towards the, the where others teams have gone which is taller lankier longer corners that can cover and if i'm one of those guys i look at byu as a place that i can go in and and thrive and showcase my talents because of the way the scheme will be going forward and so when you talk about quarterback disruptors up front and cover guys on the back end i think byu has a very clear path towards what they might be looking for first in the transfer portal
0: and we saw one of those on display in the NFL last night, Michael Davis with the Chargers getting some props from Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. Let's talk about the New Mexico Bat Bowl matchup with SMU. Certainly a talented team coming in uh, on fire, 5-2. and two. Those two losses uh, in their last seven to uh, Tulane and Cincinnati. Um, this is going to be a challenge for BYU, and we'll see if Jaron Hall plays, got that ankle injury. We don't know the severity at this point.
2: Yeah, we don't, and it's important that that. BYU understand <laughs> – well, I do understand. It's important the, the the quarterback matchup here because if Jaron Hall can go and if he's healthy, then you've got a truly fair fight with Tanner Mordecai of SMU, the transfer from Oklahoma to SMU, one of the more dynamic quarterbacks in all of college football. Now, he, it looks like, won't have his top receiver, his top offensive lineman, so there's some uncertainty over on that side as well. But if it turns out that Jaron Hall can go – then you're looking at a potentially high-scoring game that'll be tremendous fun to watch. If Jaron Hall can't go, then I don't don't think BYU wants to get into a track meet with whoever would replace Hall against Tanner Mordecai in that SMU offense. I think you'll see more of what they did against Stanford, which is to say, pound the ball, pound the ball, take the air out of the clock, and go to a style fight instead of a, a matchup on the track. And so it'll be interesting to see what Jaron Hall decides he wants to do or what he's able to do because the style of this game will be dictated by that one position.
1: Trevor, let's hit some big-picture topics here. Let's go to the NFL. Um, Zach Wilson obviously losing his starting job in New York with the Jets. Mike White has come in, won the first game, haven't won since, and he got beat up really bad yesterday against Buffalo. Clearly Joe Flacco is not the answer. Do you think there's a scenario where we see Zach Wilson back as the starting quarterback of the Jets before the end of the year?
2: I think it's possible, especially if, if Mike White continues to be limited by his injury. The Jets are in a playoff race, and they owe it to everybody in that locker room to put the quarterback in that the team thinks will best get them to the playoff or at least get them the best chance to go to the playoff. And that, that's what Zach needs to do is he needs to behind the scenes and then on the field in practice, and then if he plays in the game, he needs to show his teammates through his actions that he's that guy. Whether it'll happen, I don't know, because I think right now the team really rallied around Mike White, and I think the coach wants to kind of keep that momentum going as long as he can. But if if White turns out to be slowed down now by defenses who now have more tape on him and they know how to stop him, then it may well be that Zach will be back in. I, I think this whole thing will be good for Zach because it gives him a chance to kind of sit back take a look at things without the pressure of being the starter, understand a little bit better what he could do better to maximize his performance, and then step back in. And very often, that's the catalyst that leads young quarterbacks into going to the next step. And so I I could see him coming back. Either way, he certainly needs to be ready, not just if he comes back, but if he doesn't, to help Mike White be the best quarterback he could be for the Jets, because that will be the next step in his progress as well.
0: And the Jets want it now. They're the first out in the AFC playoff picture as we speak. Let's finish with this. Uh, Mike Leach, who graduated from BYU, certainly part of the Cougar family here, Mississippi State head coach in critical condition after suffering a massive heart attack. Uh, Certainly we hope for a speedy recovery and hope that all goes well with Mike. You got to know Mike uh, over your time not only at BYU when he was here as a student playing rugby, but also uh, covering college football. What's your reaction to uh, this news with Mike?
2: Yeah, Jeremy, in my tours before COVID, when I would drive around the country and visit campuses, I saw a coach at Texas Tech, at uh, Washington State, at Mississippi State most recently. And he is a different guy than I think a lot of people realize when they look at him from the outside in. A lot of people think he's this gruff dude. And no, he's a lot of fun. He is tremendous fun. A lot of people think of him as a finesse coach because he throws the ball around the field so much. But actually, his style is that of an old-school hard-nosed, hardcore football coach that would fit in in the 60s and 70s very well. And he has always been so gracious. I mean, my wife Dana came with me to Mississippi State last time we went down there, and he was gracious to her as well. It was just a, a wonderful trip for both of us. And so both she, my wife, and I joined the rest of college football in wishing the best to Mike Leach because he is one of the, not just one of the characters, but in my opinion, he's one of my favorite people that I've ever been around in this entire sport.
0: Well, we hope the best for Mike. And Trevor, we appreciate the time. Best of luck with everything going on with you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, ESPN's Trevor. It's Trevor Matic here on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Join Dave Blaine, David Bryant, and Spencer for BYU Sports Nation game day as they preview and get you ready for the New Mexico Bowl. It's already here. Watch Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV.
0: And somebody on Twitter claimed a Utah State WCC title based on the criteria we established in 2021 with the Pac-12. Do we agree? (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by
2: the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok.
0: Here's Chef. I'm Jerem. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisco your e-commerce logistics shipping
1: partner. Keenan Peely enters the transfer portal. How big of a loss is this for BYU? I think it's a big loss. He's a starting, starting middle linebacker. <laughs> um,
0: I think it's a big deal. Unfortunately, he wants to go elsewhere. Uh, but yeah when I saw that I was like, oh, because not every dude that transfers is created equal. Impact, anticipation, leadership, skill and not so everybody
1: that enters the transfer portal leaves either, by the way. True. So maybe Keenan comes back. But but yeah, that one hurts. That one hurts. Yes, the it, quarterback of the defense. Yes, yeah, it, it hurts. It's a big loss if if this is the way it goes. Look, and we got a firsthand knowledge of what the defense looked like without him the year before when he was hurt. So yeah, this is a big loss. And even with him this
0: year, yes. it's still struggled. It's a collective yes. unit. It's not all on Keenan, right? But
1: certainly is a... You do not want to lose guys like Keenan Peely. Is
0: you no don't want to lose a Keenan Peely. Yep. No, good backer. The Jets' Mike White, one of your favorite quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the NFL, left the game yesterday after sustaining an injury. Came back in. Right? Zach Wilson was inactive for the game, but the White injury and Joe Flacco struggling. Do you feel like, and we just talked to Trevor about this, that we will see Zach Wilson in the final four games for the
1: Jets at all. Like, I, look, so much is going to be determined on Mike White's health. I, I, they clearly like what they see out of him. If, if, Maybe if Mike White is healthy, maybe the scenario that plays out is that they're out of the playoff race, they've got some games still to play, and they want to see Zach in some of those games before the end of the year. Maybe that's the way we see it. I would like to think we do. But, but right now it's all dependent on Mike White's health.
0: I would guess if there's no further injury stuff that we won't see Zach.
1: It probably I, I not. Ju-
0: I just think they've seen what they wanted to see. It's crazy that that has years. changed so it, quick. Sports escal- it escalates quickly. Very quickly. right, like the fight in Anchorman. <laughs> but it, it just yeah, it stinks. You know, it yeah.
1: stinks. We want to see Zach thriving right now uh, on the bench. Right, it stinks that BYU women's basketball lost to their rival Utah. Yes, what doesn't does. stink is that Lauren Gustin continue her double-double streak. She's now at 10 games in a row Ooh. with a double-double. How many games this season will she not have a double-double? What
0: are they going to play, like 31 regular season? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go like four, that few, all year, but she doesn't have one. There'll be a nine-rebound night, a seven. That, Like, there won't be a game where she has fewer than six. You know
1: what I mean? Look, I, incredible. you've got to assume eventually the streak ends. I'm not counting on it. I'm saying just zero. It goes zero. the distance, zero. zero! Michael Bolton, I, I could go the distance. Let me just tell you, I am not going to bet against Lauren Gustin getting a double-double in every game the rest of the year. Why would you bet against her? That's what she I, does. I, it's what
0: she does. Uh, <laughs> in fantasy, she's getting me a ton of points, so I love it. She's great. <laughs> San Diego and Pitt made the women's volleyball Final Four. Was BYU's schedule tougher than we thought?
1: Probably, yeah. And and look, we can say that with hindsight. You you never know when you look at a schedule. You'll always play the win loss thing, and then afterwards, like, okay, well, we thought that was going to be a loss, and it was a win. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but probably seven losses in all for BYU. Yeah,
0: four of them to those two teams. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I two San Diego, and then Pitt was regular season, and obviously in the uh, second round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it was tough. BYU still needs another pin hitter to join Aaron Livingston for BYU to be sweet 16 good again, which I anticipate they will be next year. What are your thoughts on tougher schedules? I love them. When you're rewarded for them. (laughs) In football, you are nice. Teeing them up. In men's basketball, you are, (laughs) Chef.
1: We can quantify it. All right, Matt Harris on Twitter points out the following. This is very interesting. Uh, Matt says this. Utah State has non-conference wins against Santa Clara, San Diego, San Francisco, and LMU. This is men's basketball. Yes. Per rules instigated in 2021. Is referring to us. They are this year's West Coast Conference champions. <laughs> Does he have a point here under the rules in which he states?
0: Um, initially, yes. With those regular season wins, yeah but you didn't beat the champ, which is Gonzaga, okay? <laughs> Had they beaten the Zags, they could do what we did in 21, which is, oh, well, BYU beat Utah, the champs, and four other teams, including USC, by the way, a year before they almost made the playoff. How about that? I know they switched coaching that transfers, but <laughs> we'll take all those
1: wins. Um, look, I, I get where he's going. Yeah. And at the risk of, you know, trying to avoid what we did last year, no, he's kind of right. He's kind of got a point. If they, if they, they didn't even play St. Mary's or Gonzaga. But, but here's the deal: if we. Took heat for it, we would be pressing forward. Wait, hold on. D- did he print a banner? Uh, and wait, and this, it's not over yet. It it's not over something? yet. There may be an opportunity for a banner. I'm gonna just give it's him. It's not over yet. I'm gonna give him this. May be the chance. I'm gonna, I'm this gonna this give him this because it's funny and it, it also is an opportunity for us to talk about how dominant BYU was against the Pac-12 last year.
0: It's close, but no cigar. Okay, <laughs> in the final moment of the BYU versus Creighton game, a family from Creighton took a picture. Got video of this from BYU fan capturing just the final moment. It's on the right. Is this an acceptable time to do this when the game wasn't officially done or it was ending? Should they have
1: been watching? Yeah, court awareness, situational awareness was lacking. Thank you. There. safety However, however. (laughs) I am going to say it is acceptable because now they will forever be able to relive the moment when BYU won the game. <laughs> well, I know.
0: It was essentially over. BYU's up three with the ball, point six. Yeah, so it's fine. But there were a lot of smiles on the faces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's tough. All right, it's tough.
1: Not for BYU fans. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as BYU basketball host Western Oregon. No, I'm just kidding. Western you. Oregon. Uh, on Thursday with Cougar Pregame Live at 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Hey, I host that show. Hey,
0: that's awesome. (laughs) And look who's here, Richie Saunders, big part of the Creighton Winnings in studio to break it down. Big week with Utah on Saturday as well. Western Oregon, this is BYU Sports Nation.
1: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
3: I told them it's all in the wrist. P- wrist. They want me to miss, but that's a, wish. that's a wish. If I don't take the shot, it's an assist. But either way, go, boy, that's a swish. I told them
0: it's all in the wrist. Richie Saunders getting it done uh, this season for BYU. Welcome back, Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard. We welcome the aforementioned Richie Saunders to the program. 10.6 uh, rebounds, three assists in the game. Congratulations
3: on the win over Creighton. That was a crazy one. Crazy. We pulled it out though, which is awesome.
0: Okay, a lot to digest. So, first off, take me back to two hours before the game when you guys finally get the news that Ryan Kalkbrenner
3: isn't going to play. They're 7 1 shot blocker. That changed the game plan, Mark Pope said, quite a bit. 100%. Like, we were all focused on how we were going to tag him. So, when he rolls, how we're going to hit him, like, uh, how we're going to rebound against him. But you know, that's what the game is. You got to be flexible.
0: And you guys played without Spencer Johnson, to, you know, yeah. so it wasn't like every no, team was full bore. Yeah.
1: What did that win mean to you guys? How badly did you need that win? We needed it.
3: Like, it's it's been like a super emotional roller coaster of a of a week. Um, but you know, like we we didn't let it affect us, and we we came ready to play. But it it meant it meant a lot.
0: How did you not let it affect you? Because certainly those two losses are not two that you had thought
3: yeah. were going to happen this year. Yeah. You know, like we focus all the time on getting better every day, and you know, like. Coaches did something like that. I was like, instead of just like freaking out and just telling us like how bad we suck, like they, they took a different approach and just said like, all right, like this sucks, but let's get better. Um, so we, we were in the next morning, early in the morning and uh, watching film and um, just using it to, as hard as it is to take those lessons, but using it to um, improve our game and improve our, our team.
1: Where do you think you got better in that game? Because, you know, some of the things that you guys went through, had plagued you in some of the other games that didn't end so well, so what was the difference do you think in this one?
3: You know like we came out with a different aggression like it was just it was just a different different aggression. Um, we came out ready to uh, ready just to show who we were instead of just kind of being more passive I, I honestly think that's what it was
0: and in this game, you guys started uh, shooting the ball uh, better from three defensively, you guys were in the lanes, getting the deflections, foos was. Uh doing doing work as well. Um and then of course it comes down to this play. Let's just talk about the game winner with uh your boy Dallin Hall. That's two now.
3: Yeah, that's my that's awesome. That's my boy. Right. You guys are roommates, right? Yeah. Okay, so
1: <laughs> we were we were so so tell us about Dallin as the
3: roommate. What's Dallin like as a as a roommate? Okay, so it's it's roommate on the road. So like, I live oh. yeah, so I live like Fusa Tiki and Trey. Okay. But um on the road we were we were roomies. But you know, I guess we're, we're super dialed in, and uh, he he of course is and um, you know like i I love it like I'm, it makes me so happy because it's it's just like somebody's got to be right there in that moment, and he he just found a way to get a little niche in that in that in that moment, which is awesome
0: and it's special that he's getting these looks at the end of the game because yeah. it's not like you're just a bunch of freshmen, hey, we have to go to a freshman. Mm-hmm. He, he's done it twice now. Yeah. Um, what is it about him as his teammate that you see is special in him? And we're excited that, that you and, and him and Tanner, the next four years, are together here.
3: Yeah, no, he's just poised in that moment. Um, he's not freaking out, he just, he just, I don't know, he just knows uh, just to breathe and to relax and to um, just how to get it done.
0: And he gets to his right hand and he is good. <laughs> yeah, tip, it, tip it back in. You can't
3: let him, let him go to the right. <laughs>
1: One of the things that really stood out to me, and I, I think the two players that I noticed it the most, you, of course, and Rudy, and that was driving to the basket. You were you were killing them going to the rim. If you weren't scoring, you were getting fouled. I, I noticed that it felt like, not that you hadn't gone to the rim before, but I felt like you were making a concerted effort to do that. Was that a concerted effort, or is that just what the defense was giving
3: you? Because it, it obviously worked
1: to perfection.
3: No, it, it, was, it was a... Specific thing, um, you know, like it's been kind of rough. It's been two years back from a mission and um, Just finally I felt the aggression that I that I've been waiting for like I don't it's been frustrating, you know like Physically for you. Yeah, just been frustrating because it's just I haven't been able to attack how I how I usually have and um, but I, this one was it was an important one and um, you know, like I I had to have like a little uh, regroup moment after the UVU game, I had to go home and got in the gym with my dad and uh, just the church gym. And you know, I just we just got back to the roots. Um, and that was the game plan is just doing it with more aggression um, going into this game.
0: Tell me more about that because you probably weren't in a great spot after Wednesday night, not only as a team, but you start, you go for three, you don't score, yep. you get in the gym. How did you respond in the way you were able to put up a 10-6 and three against a ranked team right there? Yeah,
3: I think a lot of it comes down to not just trying to be passive around the three-point line and trying to just shoot threes, but um, just giving what the game, uh, using what the game gives you. Um, that's that's honestly like what I was um, like just really focused on is. Um, to talking to my dad and to Marty Haas is a big mentor for me as well.
0: Did you play uh, for his? Mm-hmm, his I did. club did. Nice. Yeah,
3: and so like just trying to focus on scoring in the different ways instead of just uh, relying on the uh, the three, which is um, gonna be there and it's gonna be it's not gonna be there sometimes. Look,
1: carpet or no carpet. Getting right, going back to the church game, it works every time, right? It does. It, it does the holy, the holy practice, right there. Okay, so let's talk about the two games this week. Obviously, there's Utah on Saturday, but you got a game first yep. against Western Oregon. Take us through the the thought process of uh, of a pretty important week with finals going on. By yeah, the way, yeah,
3: no, it's it's been crazy. Um, but like, honestly, like, as you can see, like across college basketball, it's not just these powerhouse teams. Like every team is good, and. I didn't really know, like, I don't know if it's just different now or what, but, like, there's no team that you can just, like, as we've learned, just kind of sleep on. Um, I, don't, like, I, have, I don't know. Like, we're just starting our scout on uh, Western Oregon, but they're going to be good, you know, and um, it's definitely kind of a little bit of a trap game too with Utah coming up this week, but we're all focused on winning um, winning the our, our game on Thursday first. Uh, We'll take care of business and then we'll move on.
0: Now, when you say you went back to the church, mm-hmm. you, your parents moved into my steak.
3: Yeah, that's right. Did you go to the stake center. <laughs> uh, of course, there was there was tables set up, but we we found <laughs> it. We you were found there it, trying like, to get buckets? <laughs> I'm, like I'm sure it was the like, elders' court basketball. <laughs> what, did you go to our? our uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Um,
0: Invi- invite me next time. It's down the street. Yeah. I'll, go show, I'll show up, man. That'll be awesome. <laughs> Talking to Richie Saunders on BYU Sports Nation. Where do you get your juice from? Because certainly your energy, to me, is your greatest attribute.
3: Um, you know, like my dad and mom have just taught me how to work and just on like just on and off the court, but you know, like every opportunity that I I get, I want to do as best as I can with. Um, and you know, like I just, my dad has always taught me that it's every second is an interview. Every, uh, opportunity given is, is a test. Um, and I just don't want to miss these opportunities and uh, I want to do well with the opportunities that I've been so fortunate enough to have, honestly.
1: Let's go back to the to win over Creighton. What was that last two minutes
3: like with the turnovers?
1: And how, like, Take take us through as uh, being a player on the floor what that felt like.
3: Yeah, it was, it was crazy. You know me and Gideon both fouled out um, and just having to watch it from the sideline but just putting my trust in, uh, in my teammates like like that's what it is—is is just trusting these guys to eventually somehow pull it out. But it was—it was stressful. Like, um, just shows a lot of room where we need to grow. And um, again, like we've—we've we've already watched an hour of film today, and we're—we're um, we're ready just to get better. That's what it's all about.
0: Now, clarify some things for the Twitter world that just assumes certain things. You guys work on breaking the press, do you not? Know? Yes. Okay. It just brought just. It just broke down. Six turnovers in 214 was tough, right? Luckily you win. We're talking about a win. It's all good. But during that stretch, I guess, what do you guys need to do to perhaps not allow that 11-point lead to uh, go away, right? Well, just work on it more.
3: Um, But again, we pulled it out. You know, like, that's, people can say whatever they want to say, but one way or another, we pulled it out. And, you know, like, we work so hard. And we'll continue to work so hard. Um, And specifically now, at least we know what we need to do for the future to prepare. But there's no question about like, um, there's no days off, we're working. You know, like we're gonna keep working on this press break. Well, and that's, so it doesn't happen again, you know.
1: All right, so I referenced this a second ago, finals this mm-hmm. week, T- take, take us through what this week's like. Have, ha- how many of you taken, like, do you have any today? Like are we, are we keeping you from a final literally just, right now doing
3: this interview? No, just study. No, 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 they no, would yeah. never do such a thing, <laughs> They would never. <laughs> Um, like is this this pretty this is like this is a big deal, right? Yeah, and BYU is no joke. These <laughs> finals are tough. I've I've had one last week and then I have one tomorrow and then two on Wednesday. Which one have you already had? Uh biology. Which is the one tomorrow? <laughs> oh biology. <French>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's 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 tough, but I just I got a lot of studying to do. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, well. Good luck. Next, set, do you ride a unicycle? Did I read that? I I,
3: I have. Oh, yeah. yeah really? I do. It's super random. Like it was kind of a joke that I put that in there. But <laughs> I, I know
0: everyone asks you about. I,
3: it. Yeah. But like I, I do it. I got used to it when I was little. A lot. It's been a couple of years since I've gone on I
1: see a <laughs> in a weirdly high number of people on unicycles on
3: campus. I've seen that too. i uh, going down the ramps, <laughs> yes. and I'm like, there's, I can barely I can, can get on, but I can't do anything. There's some
0: characters. Yeah. Ramps. Sir, next level. <laughs> Justin Sorensen in 2011 entered an interview with me on a unicycle. Really? You might have to recreate
3: it. let's do
0: Richie, your Sports Nation karma to you. Good luck this week Thank with you. finals in Western Oregon on Thursday it.
1: night. Thank you so much, and, Richie. And that
0: team up North Saturday.
1: Yeah, Alright, all right, BYU basketball hosts Western Oregon on Thursday. Coverage begins with BYU Sports Nation game day at 8 Eastern on and BYU TV.
0: And did the best player for Creighton not playing Kill My Chances in Fantasy The answer is no. We'll (laughs) recap the carnage after the break. (laughs) The
1: carnage. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review Why you're there.
0: All right, basketball fantasy recap for BYU Sports Nation here. Oh, I had a 10-point You mean I get to
1: do another segment based off of stats that I had absolutely nothing to do with? No.
0: I had a 10 point lead going into the weekend. Luckily, Lauren Gustin and Rudy Williams put up 36 each for me, and uh, I, I got up to 191
1: total. Uh, how'd Spence's team do? Um, Spencer, are we going with 74 it's, or the 101 at the bottom? It's the number in parentheses of what they did over the weekend. Okay. Uh, yeah, so
0: 74? I won by 16. Yeah. Uh, Despite Ryan Kochbrenner not playing. Now, Spence did pick Spencer Johnson, who didn't
1: play in two games. Oh, 175 to 191. Yeah. Yes, I didn't yeah. go further down so the if, script.
0: So, if, if Spencer has a player who's healthy, he probably beats him. Okay, because Ryan Kochbrenner yes. didn't play. Correct. He had one fewer game worth, about 16 points, depending on how they do. But yeah, it was a battle. Uh, Lauren Gustin, tremendous, uh, tremendous performance. Uh, Foos was nice as well. The call news got BYU the win, though, probably, in the game, which is a more important than our silly other game. So happy for you to win this But I do love this game. I, 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 I didn't win in football. I have, I have nothing to do with it. The first one in basketball. Let's go. All right. First Question win of, of the year. Point. First win. Question of the day. Is the win over Creighton a turning point for BYU basketball and my fantasy basketball? <laughs> what you were going <laughs> to say, is the win in fantasy a turning point for me? For me, personally. Our lead voice <laughs> of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Uh, Brendan Smith on Twitter. I don't know anything about this team
1: anymore. I'm just here for the
0: ride. There's a certain amount of truth to that. There really is.
1: That's my thought on the Big 12 and whether or not Texas or Oklahoma are in. I'm just here for the ride. There you go.
0: Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by <laughs> Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. To former BYU rugby player and graduate, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach, uh, hospitalized this weekend uh, with a, in critical condition after a heartache, uh, heart attack. Um, We hope the best for Mike, hope that he gets through this. Certainly one of the best personalities in all of college football. So our best thoughts, prayers, and wishes go towards Mike Leach and his family.
1: And, and you've had a chance to talk with him.
0: Yeah, in 09, he came, flew out to the BYU rugby game that's to really see cool. the national championship game. We spoke for a few minutes. Couldn't have been nicer. He was great. Yes. And he was exactly like you see him on TV. Yeah, that's cool. Our thanks to today's guests, Trevor Madich and Richie Saunders.
1: Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, this, and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com.
0: starting to Dennis from Ran Out of Time. With Jason on Jeremy Show. Sean Lindquist. Go Cougs! BYU gets it done in Vegas. Much more coming up this week as we get ready for the New Mexico Bowl.